This is Scott Vanderplu, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, Episode 43. I went down to the St. James Infirmary, found my baby there, stretched out on a long white table, so sweet, so cold, so fast. Thank you for joining me once more for All Things A.E. I am Scott Vanderplum, as I said, and I run the Artist Edition Index at aeindex.org. And this podcast takes what has been written for the month and brings it to the spoken word. Not a lot going on this month, and that seems to be the uh, prognosis of every month where we're in the grip of COVID-19. But we did have two reviews on the site this month. We had some solicitations. We had our poll. We had a little bit of news. So it's a good, uh, good all-around month. All right, let's get to the news first. And that was the 2020 Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards. Nominees were came out. And there was one nominee from something that has been reviewed on the site that is not an artist edition that was Stan Sakai's Usagi Ujimbo the complete grass cutter artist select which I reviewed in December of 2019 but that uh, IDW um, promoted uh, when the awards came out and they had this to say the 2020 Eisner Award judges recognized IDW publishing and its imprints artist editions Euro comics library of American comics Sunday press top shelf and Yo books which I thought was interesting because this uh, Artist Select book is not an Artist Edition. And I didn't realize that uh, Artist Editions were being run as an imprint because it didn't certainly didn't seem that way to me. So that's some interesting de- news details all around. Now, as I did uh, mention in the podcast interview I did with Scott Dunbeer, he did mention that he was taking over the Artist Select line as editor. So maybe that's the tie-in there where they mentioned that. But... So, a bit disappointing. I mean, 2019 only had six AE format books released, so we can't really expect a lot of nominations. There were a lot of years where there were many nominations. Uh, as I mentioned in this post, it's the second time in a decade of the, that there's been no nominations. 2017 also had no nominations, and there was a, a good number of books that year. So, yeah, we'll have to see. There's 19 AE format books in 2017, and there were still no Eisner nominations. So, it's not strictly based on number of books received, number of books published, but it is a factor for sure. And then let's move on to shipping changes. We had, let's see, I think there was one shipping change this month, and that was EC Covers Artist Edition is moved to October 28th. So maybe moving EC Covers closer to Halloween is the way to go. But uh, Scott Denver did say on the forum, that he had found some more covers had come in. So that's good news. Book should be filling out. Even if you have all the artist editions, uh, you're st- you'd still only have half of these covers or so. So I think the book's going to be worthwhile having. I mean, a giant twice up of original art, EC covers. You can't really go wrong with a collection like that. It would be so nice if they put portfolio again. But I mean, that other portfolio was years ago limited and only certain covers. I guess you could always buy this covers book and cut it open, cut the spine uh, off, and uh, well, you have a choice of uh, the art of either side of the page, but you could certainly frame those up. I think you could do a lot with a lot of artist editions if you pick them up damaged or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Something to look into. All right. 
that's it for shipping changes. Then we let's talk solicitation. One solicitation this month. And that is a book we had previously heard about because IDW announced it when WonderCon didn't happen. And that was Jim Lee's X-Men Artist Edition. So here's the blurb. Jim Lee has been drawing comics for more than 30 years and is one of the most popular comic book artists of all time. The impact his dynamic artwork has had on the comics industry to his legions of fans and the artists who have been inspired by and emulated him is truly immeasurable. And in a career filled with highlights, his work on X-Men is arguably his most popular and enduring. This very special artist edition features Lee's stellar work on X-Men, including the complete oversized X-Men number one, still the best-selling comic book ever published. Additionally, there will be covers, splash pages, pinups, and interior pages by Lee doing what he does best, creating great comics. Each page has been meticulously scanned from Lee's original art for this book, affording the reader insight into his creative process never before available outside of original art collectors. Produced in the one and only, except no imitations, multi-Eisner award-winning artist edition format. For any fan of Jim Lee, this book will soon become a cherished centerpiece of your collection. 160 pages, $150, because that's the new price point for um, 12 by 17 books uh, from IDW. And I believe there was talk that the anything bigger than that's going to move to 175 so a $25 bump on both formats. This book is available for pre-order, um, being released October 7th, so they've kept the same date. What interests me about the solicitation is it's listed as an artist edition, and as we know, an artist edition collects complete issues. Not uh, So the only complete issue that they've mentioned is X-Men number one, which is 60-something pages, right? I think, I don't know, somewhere around there. So is that going to be one complete issue and then all the rest extra issues? That's sort of that's that's sort of spanning somewhere between an artist edition and an artifact edition. But we'll have to see as it gets closer what is going on with that. It's definitely waiting and seeing till we get more info on that book. All right. The bah, poll for this month. At the end of the 90s, Wildstorm grew out of image and changed the industry forever with widescreen stories and mind-blowing art. All of them were amazing, but which deserves an AE format book? The options were DV8, Planetary, Stormwatch, The Authority, Wildcats. This, of course, comes from our good friend and patron, uh, David Jacoy, who provides the uh, poll every month. And it's interesting, DV8, no votes. I'm not sure that's happened before. Uh, followed by the runaway winner, Planetary, with 28 votes. That's what I voted for. Stormwatch had two votes, The Authority had 17 votes, and Wildcats had six votes. Man alive, can you imagine a two-volume set of uh, planetary gallery editions from Graffiti Designs. Like, oh, that'd be amazing. That is a book we need to see the original art for. Got some samples up, as always. Check it out. That is definitely uh, the book I would choose. All right. And clearly, whoever voted uh, also would choose that. Moving in to sales. Now, there was no AE format books released in... May, so that means there's no sales numbers for this month. But we do have out-of-print sales. That's where we look at the Artist Edition format books sold on eBay in the past month. Because this is June, we're looking at May sales. All right, let's get into it. Four copies of Alien, the Illustrated Story, the original Art Edition, averaging 201.86. That is just ginormous. Here's a book that languished, you know, below cover for years. Now, it is the first uh, AE format book released not from IDW, it was released by Titan, and it was released in 2012, so two years after the format premiered. So it's a pretty early book, as far as things go like that, and that's a good value for sure. 201.86, wow. 
All right, one copy of Best of EC Comics Volume 1 sold for 110. Two copies of Dave Gibbons' Watchmen Artifact Edition sold for an average of 114.98. One copy of Dave Stevens' Rocketeer Artist Edition First Print sold for 120. Two copies of David Mazzicelli's Daredevil Board Again Artist Edition sold for an average of 163. So we're down on that, man. Oof. One copy of Don Rose's The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck Volume 1 sold for 145. One copy of ElfQuest Gallery Edition sold for 91.47. One copy of Fantagraphic Studio Edition How Foster's Prince Valiant sold for 126.61. There's a book that does not seem to move on eBay at all. Three copies of Frank Cho's Savage Wolverine sold for an average of 76. Two copies of Frank Miller's Daredevil Artifact Edition sold for an average of 137.50. Six copies of Gil Kane's Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition sold for an average of 73.04. One copy of Jack Davis's EC Stories Artist Edition sold for 120. Three copies of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four Artist Edition sold for an average of 122.67. One copy of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four: The World's Greatest Artist Edition sold for 176. I personally prefer the Twice Up of The World's Greatest Artist Edition, but Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four Artist Edition seems to outsell that consistently. Three copies of Jack Kirby's Marvel Heroes and Monsters sold for an average of 136.90. Five copies of Jack Kirby's The Mighty Thor Artist Edition sold for an average of 103.21, so good price there. Well below, well, yeah, decently below cost. Six copies of Jim Starlin's Marvel Cosmic Artifact Edition sold for an average of 83.17. One copy of Joe Kubert's Tarzan of the Apes sold for 78.86. Two copies of Joe Kubert's Tarzan and the Lion Man sold for an average of 71.07. One copy of John Buscema's Silver Surfer, 139.99. One copy of John Byrne's Fantastic Four, 109.96. Two copies of John Byrne's X-Men Artifact, averaging 245.75. Six copies of John Romita's Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition Volume 2, averaging 95.67. No copies of the first one. Four copies of Marvel Covers Artist Edition First Print for 165 average. One copy of Mike Mignola's Hellboy and Hell and Other Stories Artist Edition for 50. Two copies of the second print, averaging ninety fifty. This uh, so consistently, the second print is selling better than the first print for more money. I don't, I don't get it. One copy of Ross Andrews' The Amazing Spider-Man Arts Edition for forty-eight. One copy of Sergio Aragonés Grew the Wanderer for ninety forty. One copy of Spawn Vault Edition for three fifty-nine. So I need a bump again on that. We saw some downward swing, and I thought the uh, the run was over for that book, but it's back. One copy of Star Wars Dark Times Gallery Edition for $69.93. One copy of Stranko Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., first print, $99.99. Two copies of The Prisoner, Original Art Edition, averaging $73.23. One copy of Usagi Jimbo Samurai and Other Stories for $87.99. Uh, no copies of The Artist and Other Stories Gallery Edition, Usagi Jimbo. That seems, to be the, uh, that seems to be the hardest AE format book to get at this point. Five copies of Walter Simonson's Thor Artist Edition, first print, 106.71 average. Two copies of the second print, averaging 97.50. One copy of Will Eisner's The Spirit Artist Edition for 115. Next month, we'll have to watch and see if that, with the Artisan Edition of Walter Simonson's Thor coming out, will we see a, uh, a difference with that sales numbers. All right, those are the sales. We seem to be moving fairly quickly this month. Um... No questions. You did get an email. I have been pursuing, as uh, li listeners and readers know, I've been pursuing foreign language versions of AE format books. Uh, I've been reviewing them on the site, and I got an email 
after I emailed, and I'm scrolling here, so please excuse me, I emailed uh, Raphael Wacker, at, uh, who runs uh, Editions Black and White. They have very exclusive uh, French versions of Bandesnay books, so the original language books. They go for about 175 euros, which is a lot for me in Canada. Euros about 155 Canadian at this point. And then the shipping from Europe is about 45 euros to me in Canada. So for me to get one of these books is about 225, 220 euros, and that equals a whole lot of money. That's about 350 Canadian, and it's just that's too rich for my blood. All right, he wrote, Hello, Scott. I know you're next. I love it. I spent a lot of hours consulting it. He says, I'm a big fan of comics and American artist editions. IDW is a source of inspiration. I'm not distributed in the U.S. One part of the books are reserved for sale by booksellers and the other for direct sale on the website. So I emailed him and said, hey, do you have any distributors in North America, perhaps in Quebec? Is your website your only method of distribution? So that's disappointing. I was really hoping he'd say, oh, yes, I, this, these stores in Quebec carry my book and books, and then I could just get them for paying Canadian and not have to worry about shipping. But that didn't happen. Oh, I should mention uh, news. Speaking of news, da da da. Uh, an email came out on Sunday from Wayne Allen Herald Productions, and there will be a new fine art edition coming out in May 2021. There is an Indiegogo campaign for it right now. I have not posted on the website yet. I'm not sure how I'm going to work it in. I thought maybe I'd uh, maybe I'd work it in with solicitations next month, but this ends before that, so I think I'm going to post something next week about it. But there was 20 days left as of today. And it's called P. Craig Russell's Symbolist Fantasies and Other Things, Fine Art Edition. And that's got a bunch of uh, symbolist fantasies, as he says. So it's a more interesting topic. And uh, definitely go check out the uh, website, uh, Wayne Crow um, The Art of P. Craig Russell. And then you'll check out the Indiegogo campaign. There's a nice video of P. Craig Russell talking about the book and the work. It looks great. Every book that I've got from them, I've been very satisfied with. So if you want to back the campaign, it is well worth it. All right. Let's talk about the two reviews from this month. And those are Ditko is Amazing from Marvel and Dave Cockrum's X-Men Artifact Edition from IDW. All right, now the reason I reviewed Ditko is amazing. Let me give you the blurb first, and then you'll know why. Collects Amazing Spider-Man, 1963, numbers 3, 11 to 13, 24, 31 to 33, annual 1 to 2, and material from Amazing Fantasy 15. Steve Ditko is one of the most influential creative minds in popular culture. Steve Ditko is a one-of-a-kind visionary. Steve Ditko is a co-creator of Marvel icons, including Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Steve Ditko is amazing. I don't think I've ever said Steve Ditko that many times in my life. Now, Marvel proudly presents Ditko's incomparable Amazing Spider-Man work in our massive king-size format. From Spidey's debut to the first appearances of villains, such as Mysterio and Doctor Octopus, it's like experiencing these classics for the very first time. Ditko's Spider-Man adventures, including the Master Planner saga, an epic considered by many to be the greatest Spidey story, defined the spirit of a hero who has inspired millions. Also featuring a host of bonus material, including Ditko's original Amazing Spider-Man number 15 artwork. So they mentioned that twice. Marvel Comics, released December 4th. It's 13 and 5 eighths by 21 and a quarter inches. It is a big book. 
it's not 15 by 22 like we uh, like the largest uh, AE books are, but it's pretty close. It's $100 US. It's glossy pages. And as I now I think after reading the blurb, you know why I reviewed it on this site. I only reviewed the original art in the book, and that is amazing fantasy number 15, the Spider-Man story only. And then the artwork from Amazing Spider-Man 31 pencil roughs and word uh, and uh, lettering. So there's some interesting. Let's talk about each one first. Because the book is glossy, uh, I get some glare on the picture, so I apologize for that. But we do get this, you know, Amazing Fantasy 15, the original artwork that is held at the Library of Congress. Um, if you look at my pictures, they look a bit gray. When I look at pictures from the Library of Congress, they look more like original art, and wherein it's more off-white yellowing, not gray. So I wondered if these were photostats or mimeographs or something. So I contacted the edi editor, Corey Settlemeyer, who was kind enough to reply to me on the forums, because he's on the forums talking about his masterworks that he edits all the time. And I said, hey, what's the deal with these pages? And he said that they were scans from the Library of Congress circa 2008. So I'm wondering, was there a problem with the Library of Congress scanning in 2008? Because these pages are not very white. They do seem gray. And then I asked about these pages from Amazing Spider-Man 31. And he said they were provided by Marie Severin. The pages came from Marie Severin. They show breakdowns. Uh, they show, then they move into pencil roughs. Then we see the pencil roughs continue with some darker pencils and then all the lettering. So it's a very interesting uh, piece of original art. Just a snapshot into uh, the process at the time. Uh, the book is great. I mean, what you're getting, you're getting I've, you know, you've probably never experienced Marvel Comics at this size. The, the book is the full issues from the Masterworks you know, colored, everything, just at this giant size. So they're taking any scan that they've had of this artwork and blowing it up. As far as blowing it up, it looks pretty good. So that's why I was surprised with the original art in it, that this is, should be twice up art for the uh, Amazing Fantasy 15. And it's shrunk down for the book, and there's a, there's a, there's a board around every page. So the artwork has definitely been uh, shrunk down there. It's a nice book. Uh, well worth having. I have the other uh, king size books. There's some more coming out this year. Um, as far as I know, this is the only one with original artwork like this for the complete issue. So it's great to see Amazing Fantasy 15 until Scott Nambier produces a Steve Ditko book. This is the best we're going to get. All right, moving on to the second review this month, and that is Dave Cockrum's X Men Artifact Edition. And before I mention that, I find it unbelievable that we've gone this far into the year with out books like this all right so let me just let me just give you a recap so this is 2020 it's june the end of june and we got the first idw ae format book of the year the book the year opened up with two from fantagraphics one from wayne allen harrow productions and one from graffiti and those all happened in the first two months of the year so we got four books in january and february one book in june we're moving into July. We got five AE format books. It's unbelievable. This is a quite, I mean, the year is extremely different than any other year we've experienced, but wow. I'm really hoping we get the rest of what's scheduled for this year. And I hope Dark Horse 
gets that Nexus book back on the schedule because Dark Horse just wiped their schedule clean and uh, is starting fresh where we're seeing solicits for books that were previously solicited for the year. So I'm really hoping they get to it this year. All right. Rabbit Trail has been pursued. Oh, and uh, yeah, I'll talk about that later. Slight updates. All right, back to the review. Here's the blurb. By 1975, the X-Men had been regulated to reprint status for a number of years, and the title was not a safe bet to become one of the most popular comic book franchises of all time. But with the launch that year of Giant Says X-Men number one by Len Wein, and, or Ween, I don't know, Wein, Ween, and Dave Cockrum, that is precisely what happened. Dave Cockrum was the artist and architect of this newly revamped team, and he co-created Storm, Colossus, and perhaps most notably Nightcrawler. After the runaway success of Giant Size X-Men number one, the title began producing all new stories with X-Men 94, and the rest is the stuff comic book dreams are made of. This artifact edition contains more than 100 pages from Cockrum's initial run on X-Men, as well as some pages when the artist returned later for a second run on the characters several years later. As with all artist edition style books from IDW Publishing, which have so far won six Eisner Awards, the pages presented were all scanned from Cockrum's actual original art, and are printed at the same size they were drawn, mimicking the look and feel of the artist's hand-drawn work. As an added bonus, there is a gallery section featuring covers, sketches, and a few surprises. This is an art book made for fans of Dave Cockrum's X-Men art. It is 12 by 17, 160 pages. It's 125 US, and currently it is back-ordered pretty well everywhere. So if you did not have a pre-order for this, you missed out. And let's hope those back-orders get fulfilled. I think they will. There seems to be a lot of that happening uh, lately with books and Diamond and Fulfilling. So, all right. Let's get into it. I uh, I came into X-Men at the end of Burns run and then into the Paul Smith run. I think I mentioned that before. So those are my choice X-Men artists and run. I did pick up this run later as a collector. I mean, it wasn't that I was buying it in the 80s, so early 80s. It wasn't I wasn't too far off there. Never really liked Dave Cockrum's art. I guess I was comparing it to Byrne and then Smith, so it didn't really resonate with me. And since then, I can't say I paid much attention to Dave Cockrum. Uh, getting this book and looking at these pages is just amazing. Really great stuff. It's funny. the uh, I don't know how many times you see this. Uh, open mouth yelling expression Cockrum seems to use it a lot and then but then there's uh, it changes up and we see the Colossus gnashing his teeth and uh, shaking his fist on one panel it's great actually there's a lot of uh, fist shaking in this book too um, some great pages from Giants of X-Men number one and then we go right through every book that Cockrum worked on those in that initial run 94 to 107 and the giant size we get pages from all those so the smallest issue is 97, and then we've got three, oh, no, I'm sorry, one page from 106, three pages from 197, uh, four pages from 94, and then it goes, it just sort of climbs up from there. Six pages from 100, uh, six pages from 98, uh, a bunch more from 94, so a bunch more from 103, great stuff. Got a fold-out, both sides of the fold-out with art. Uh, X-Men 100, pages 2 and 3, and then the X-Men Marvel House ad and Slurpee Cup art. Really nice. A lot of splashes, which is great to see. Just the uh, dynamic art from Cockerman. It looks great. And I have to say, there's a, there's a variety of inkers on this book. And it, it does vary, but the inking is pretty strong. But you can really see the different inkers coming into play with this book. And a lot of inkers that we don't hear much about anymore. Uh, Sam Granger... Tom Sutton, Frank uh, Chiamarante, uh, 
And then later on, we see there's Bob Layton, Bob McLeod, Dan Green, Terry Austin. Um, in the gallery section, we see a lot of different art. Some great things, again, like I said, the art from uh, his later X-Men run. Uh, a bunch of covers, which is interesting to see in the gallery and not in amongst the issues. He's got covers for Giant Says X number 1 and then X-Men 103, 2, 3, 4, 7. So those, that initial run of... And then the extra covers he did. So that's nice. Model sheets, concept art, the, the Slurpee Cup art. And then drawings for different things that were done. Miscellaneous art. Just great stuff. Really strong uh, artifact edition of Dave Cockrum X-Men art. Just a really great collection surprising and that's the what i really appreciate about these books is here's here's an artist you know i sort of said nah you know he's never gonna be my john byrne or my paul smith on my on the x-men there and then years later coming back to it and just because we get to see the art pencils and inks on the full-size pages then we can appreciate really what the artist provided to the comic it's just a, such a wonderful experience and i'm so glad these books exist and then why I continue to pursue them, review them, promote this, promote them, any, anything I can to get people to be able to see all this wonderful original art that, I mean, let's face it, very few of us could ever afford. Uh, the book's interesting as well. It's got an introduction by Chris Claremont talking about his work with uh, Dave Cockham, which is nice. Then we have an afterword, which I'm pretty sure I've not seen before in um, an AE from IDW, and that's by Clifford Meth, who is apparently the uh, looks after the estate of Dave Cockham. And he's got some memories there. And, and uh, yeah, that's the book. It's awesome. If you're an X-Men fan, if you're an early X-Men fan, if you're a Gen Xer or slightly earlier, I really urge you to find this book, seek it out, and uh, just really enjoy this period of art. Wonderful stuff. All right, let's talk about me, the site, da-da-da. I shouldn't post it at the end. It's statistically proven that uh, if you talk about advertising or things like that at the end of your podcast, people just stop listening. But I know that's not my group. Uh, so once again, uh, United States is my biggest listener for, uh, for the podcast. And then Hungary is still at number two with 10% of my listening audience in Hungary. So thank you, all my Hungarian listeners. I appreciate it. Close after that, we got France and then Canada. So great stuff right there. You can support the site three ways, uh, be becoming a Patreon patron, which I would greatly appreciate. It's uh, anything a dollar or more you can provide uh, monthly to keep the site going, to keep me in books, because while we see a drop-off in AE format books being published this year, I'm still trying to keep two reviews going, and that's where I'm getting other things like that Ditko is Amazing or the French books. You can expect to see some more of that next month. Since there's not going to be any AE format books, i got to pull out two more um, from the stash to be reviewed. You can also support the site by using any of the affiliate links. So if you see a link like for Things From Another World or Amazon, I get a few percentage points from that. So that's always nice too. And I also have an option on a PayPal button. You can just give me any amount you'd like just to say, hey, I don't want to support you on Patreon. I'm not interested in a monthly thing. Here's just a one-time thing. So that's also available. What's interesting is... You know, I have people, patrons come in. I have them drop off. I sort of maintain the same number. Sometimes it goes up, which I'm always thankful for. But I understand. But the PayPal, pay, PayPal pay me 
has never been used. I've got it on the site, it's on the pages, but never been used. I wonder why that is. Anyway, you may have noticed the site's been updated. I've uh, changed the format of the site. It now looks the same as my other sites. And uh, if you go to the bottom of the Artistician Index, you'll see that there's links for it says more from me, or what does it say as I say that? It says more from Scott on eBabble, and those are my links to my other site. And those links are just my comic links. I write about other stuff. I do write about food and other things, but uh, this for this, I just put on the links to the, to comics, and that's right by the newsletter. And then the ebabble.net looks the same, and my wife's site, beautifulcalling.ca, uh, is also the same format. I'm using the same theme, trying to do that. Uh, if you visit the site regularly, you know that I've got the master list on the Artist Edition AE format books index. If you click on uh, master list, that's where I've got a listing of all 116 currently AE format books. And that can be sorted by title or publisher or price or release date. And then this month I went in and put a link on every title now. So if you click the title of the work, it will take you to the review. So I thought people may appreciate the reviews there. Uh, some color changes as well. Um, a little bit of spit and polish. It's still a work in progress. I'm always tweaking the site, trying to update it, trying to get, um, get as much information as possible and keep that rolling. All right, you can reach me any question, please, about any AE format book or anything uh, that I cover on the site here. It's scott at aeindex.org. I will try and answer your question, and then, of course, I will also feature your question on the podcast. That is it for me. You can find, again, the site is at aeindex.org. I'm on Twitter at aeindex. I'm on Instagram slash aeindex, and I'm also on Facebook slash artist edition index. Um you know, Instagram seems to continue building steam. You can't post links to anything in Instagram, so uh, people are appreciating my 10th anniversary of the AE format as I do pages from uh, those first books. That's ro rolling along nicely, so I encourage you to, if you have Instagram and you like to look at a, a page a day of AE art, then please check that out. As well, you probably or will notice, if you haven't yet, uh, the, close, the opening closing theme music is St. James Infirmary still. But YouTube, I let me know that uh, the version I was using was copyrighted, which I didn't realize. So I went back to an earlier version of the, of the song and cut it up. And I've got the instead of just instrumental now, I've got uh, I've got the singing. So you can hear the lyrics there and see how, or maybe you can think about why I thought that fit in with uh, the A index and original art. All right, thanks. We'll talk again next month. Let her go. Let her go. God bless her. Wherever she may be, she can search this wide world over. She'll never find a sweet man like me. <laughs> <laughs>